You're listening to Everlasting Fruit with B. Charles. The purpose of this podcast is to encourage you to seek God daily. It's about learning to be intentional in our walk with the Lord by remaining rooted in Christ. It's about reading to know and love God's word. It's about producing fruit that brings glory to God. It's a journey of growth and everlasting fruitfulness. Join me weekly so that together we can draw encouragement from the word of God. I pray that the Lord will use this podcast to move you to seek him daily for every day and for every area of your lives. Let's get into it. Welcome back, Team Fruitful. I think that should be our thing. Hashtag fruitful, right? Anyway, I have a mini announcement and that is that I will be sharing these podcast episodes on YouTube now, Um, of course, as well as the other podcasting apps. So make sure to look out for Everlasting Fruit there. And for now, it will just be audio episodes. That way I can put everything that's on the um, on the podcast um, apps on YouTube as well. So, um, you know, I'm doing this so that we can interact directly and get to know each other better um, in the comments. Um, we can discuss further and learn from each other and be encouraged. So please subscribe and share with your loved ones so that many can be encouraged and, you know, we can have a community of our own there. Hashtag fruitful, right? <laughs> anyway, um, I had been meaning to cover a different topic, but I had a conversation with a coworker about raising our children in the way of the Lord. And he made a point that, you know, had me thinking. And he stated that many people have strayed from Christianity because they were forced into it. And that uh, people claim they're Christians when they don't even live a life that demonstrates this, or that people claim to be Christians only because their parents are. He went on to say that our parents back in the day would force us to go to church. Um, They would force us to pray, force us to tithe. And as soon as we grow up, we tend to, um, you know, abandon all of those things. And uh, many of us end up backsliding. Um, So for my colleague, he decided that for his own children, he would want them to choose for themselves. He wouldn't force them. He wouldn't push them. He wants them to decide for themselves whether they will choose God or not. I retorted that I too, (laughs) I too was forced to attend church at one point. I mean, growing up in an African home, like in an African Christian home, you will go to church whether you like it or not. because what are you doing in the house while other people are praying okay like who is influencing you what do you want to do you must go to church so I too was forced to attend church at one point in fact in my rebellious period I used to be locked out of the house because I point blank refused to attend church with my mom hi mom if you're listening But, you know, she didn't know that I had actually copied the key and would go back in the house once she left and leave when it was almost time for her to return home. But here's the thing, like, I knew her intentions were right. I just wanted to go on my own way. I wanted to do what I wanted to do. I didn't want to submit to our authority. I wanted nothing to do with God and the church because I felt judged for the sins that I was engaging in. 
Of course, this didn't work out well because it led me to further resistance and it put a strain on me and my mom's relationship. However, because of the training in the Lord that I had received when I was young, it was deep rooted in my heart. I found myself in a place where I had to come to terms with how I was leading my life. I was far from home and I wanted to return. I literally had no one to turn to. So guess who I turned to when I had absolutely no one? I turned to God. Why? Because I was trained to rely on him. My mother's lifestyle demonstrated that she relied on God daily. So in the strange city that I was in, a stranger's home, I prayed and I repented to God in the same way in which I observed my mother do. I remember calling home and asking to return like the prodigal child, expecting to be treated like an outsider, but I was embraced and loved. And guess what? (laughs) I was invited to church again, (laughs) but this time I went willingly. My mother and I had a conversation after I returned home that just reiterated her love for me and her concern for my soul. She cared for me, but she cared more that I must live knowing that the decisions I make or made then have eternal consequences. So sometimes all we have as children are our mother's instructions. So when we encounter issues in life that demand our compliance or participation, we resort to the training that we were given. We resort to the information that we have within us. We rely on the instruction and the wisdom that was passed on to us. But for that strong conviction to serve and remain in Christ that comes from the Holy Spirit who teaches us and moves us to repentance and salvation. We're not saved by merit or how well we can articulate the word of God. We are saved because of the work that Jesus did on the cross for our sake. Only God can save us and he provided the only way for us to him. And that is through Jesus. So shout out to my mama for echoing Joshua 24 verses 15. When he declared to the Israelites that as for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. So my mama wanted to make sure that everyone that lived in her household, number one, would hear the word of the Lord, would be involved in prayer, would attend church, would, <laughs> would choose God. So you have to give your children God. And yes, you can't, you know, force your children anything, of course. So I don't believe forcing anyone to do anything is the way to go, especially when it comes to believing in God and living for him, because it it just creates hypocrisy. It promotes a works-based salvation, and it tends to push people further from God, obviously, as we have seen in many, many circumstances. But that doesn't mean that we should abandon abandon our duty to train up our children in the way of the Lord. And even for those that are not married, these tips I'm about to share, they're very helpful in that they help you prepare for the time that you will have children and have that in mind that you will not be passive in training up your children. So our duty is to preach the gospel to all. 
So we must introduce and incorporate the teaching of the word in our interactions with our children because they're very, very observant. Like my son observes everything I do. Like anytime he comes in my room and he finds me on my knees, he'll be like, mom, are you on prayer? Are you on prayer? Or like if he finds me, sometimes I could just be talking to someone, but um, of course I'm a part of a prayer line that, um, you know, a group of us women, we come together and we pray, we share the word. So sometimes he's so used to seeing me in that room, um, you know, being on that prayer line, teaching or praying that when he sees me on my phone in, in the bedroom, he'd be like, mommy, are you on the prayer line? Because that has become like a daily thing that he sees me do that, that has become something that he sees me engage in. So when it comes to Christian living, we must make sure that we are very mindful of what our children are seeing. And we must also be genuine with it, not just acting it out, of course. Um, you know, when, when we teach our kids, we usually don't, um, you know, follow through, we practice. You tell them to, you know, read the Bible, but you never open it. You teach them to pray, but they have never seen you do it. You teach kindness but you're rude to them. You teach patience, but you snap at them constantly. You teach love, but you talk about all the things and people you hate. This, there's a saying that goes, do what I say, not as I do, because we tend to teach things we do not do. However, children are amazing copycats. They're, they're so good at copying our behavior. They do what you do because they look up to you and want to copy your behavior. So whatever you teach your kids, you must model it in your behavior daily. We all fall short, I know that. But being mindful of this will help us drop our excuses. Anyway, this month, I will be sharing practical parenting tips from J.C. Ryle's book, The Duties of Parents, 17 Practical Ways to Successful Parenting. It's a really great book. It is a short read, so I will be drawing from that. In this episode, I will be covering five parenting tips, so make sure to tune in this month to get them all. I will try to cover them in the four weeks of this month. So train number one is train your children in the way they should go and not in the way they would go. Train your children in the way they should go and not in the way they would go. Because obviously, since sin was introduced into the world, we are born with a desire to appease the flesh. In Proverbs 22 verses 15, it notes that folly is bound up in the heart of a child. If you let them go in the way of that they would, they will go after foolishness. Children like instant gratification. And we know that that is the way of the flesh. Like, you know, for us as adults, we can restrain that, that need to gratify ourselves or gratify our desires. But for children, they want it and they want it now. They want it for themselves and they want it alone and to themselves alone. And, and you know, this kind of feeds into that, um, you know, pleasing the flesh mentality constantly. That feeds into giving into temptation, to give in to evil, to be selfish and self-centered. So 
As parents, it is our duty to teach them about God, to instill in them that knowledge and understanding begins with God, to evangelize to them. So rather than rushing out into the world, have you preached the gospel to your own family? Have you preached the gospel to your children? This world is wicked. Give your children the foundation they need in the Lord so that as they grow up, wherever they go, the word of God will not depart from them. In Psalms 119 verses 105, it rightly states that your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Further, in 2 Timothy 3 verses 15, it says that, and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation from faith in Christ Jesus. Let your children be acquainted with the word of God so that it can be, so that it can begin to light their path and provide direction early on as they are children, as they grow, so that they may be well-grounded in their walk and can critically think when the world wants to feed them sinful ideologies. Train them to get used to receiving godly instruction and reliance on God so that at each stage of their life, they will resort to follow His will and not their own. So number one, again, train your child in the way they should go. Don't live them to their own whim. Train them in the way they should go. Number two, train up your child with tenderness, affection, and patience. Train up your child with tenderness, affection, and patience. Tenderness, affection, and patience for me, is the right recipe for someone to learn something. If you're harsh, they may do things just to please you or get you off their back. But when you're tender, they are inclined to listen. When you're affectionate, they want to draw closer. And when you're patient, they will want to continue under your tutelage. So in Colossians 3 verses 21, it puts it this way, fathers, do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged. Do you know that in the way that you teach your children, it, it can discourage them. It can move them even further away from God as well. And Ephesians 6 verses 4, it adds that fathers do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. No one ever likes a class with a rude teacher. Anytime there is a rude teacher, everyone looks for ways to avoid that class if you can. In Psalms 103 verses 13, it notes that as a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. We must remember that our children are imitating us as we imitate Christ. So show compassion as Christ showed you compassion with tenderness, affection, and patience. So train up your child with tenderness, affection, and patience. Number three, train up a child with an abiding persuasion on your mind that much depends upon you. So be very convinced that the training of your child depends on you. Their worldview depends on you. In Proverbs 29 verses 15, it states that a child left to himself brings shame to his mother. You are the first educator. You're the first teacher and instructor. 
and not just you, mother. I'm not just, you know, pinpointing. This is usually catered to women. So I'm going to focus on women, but it's for parents, both father and mother. We are the first educators. We're the first teachers, the instructors that our children will encounter. So know that it depends upon us to teach them the way of the Lord and warn them about the ways of this world. Once children go out into the school system, you will know how important it is to be involved and alert. You will find out how important it is to have a relationship with them where they can be open to tell you all that is happening and what they are learning. I have personally observed with my first's experience at school that the world system is trying to eradicate all that I teach him at home. He comes home saying, mom, I was telling the other kids about God and they said God doesn't exist. The policies, the rules and the laws are put into the school system and world in general to make sure that children live a life that is so far from God and they make sure that the children are deeply indoctrinated to reject God at all times. So if you wait for them to grow up before you introduce the word of God in their life, you are pushing them away from God with your own hands. It will be harder. Once they get out there, they will interact with kids from families who believe that there is no God. They will interact with other children who believe that people who believe in God are unintelligent, are dumb. Everything that we learn from this world ensures that they do not choose God. So be persuaded that as parents, it depends on you. Don't leave it to the teachers. They are also just following a curriculum. Even down to their basic instruction of how to read, don't leave it to the teachers alone. Take the time at home to practice, to fill in the gaps in their learning, and do not leave the world to teach your children about God because the world hates God. Teach them the truth from the word as it is written. Don't try to sugarcoat it. It depends on you. Number four, train up your child with his or her soul in mind. Train up your child with his or her soul in mind. Matthew 16 verses 26 poses this question. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what shall a man give in return for his soul? No, seriously. What will it profit our children if we raise them to indulge in the frivolities of this world? We do them a disservice because you and they, like all of us, will have to account for our deeds before the Lord. So they must know that this world is not their destination. They're not of this world because it will pass away. But they must have the word of God in them because it remains. Everything else may pass away, but the word of God remains forever. Teach them that giving and living their lives for Jesus adds much more joy. It adds much more value. It gives them satisfaction more than anything the world can give. Teach them that Jesus came for the sake of their souls. And J.C. Ryle asserts that we should train up our children for heaven rather than for earth, for God and not for man. We should train our children to live and worship God because that is preparation for eternity 
with him. And that's how you take care of your children's soul. That's how you keep their soul in mind. Give them God. Number five, train up your child to a knowledge of the Bible. Ryo notes that a thorough knowledge of scripture is the foundation of all the clear views of religion. He continues that when one has a clear view of the word of God, it is unlikely for them to waver. Keep in mind that you can't make your children to love the word more than you can make your children to be born again. God will do the work in them through the Holy Spirit to ignite a passion and a love for the word of God in them. But our duty as parents is to acquaint them with the word. It's to make the word of God available to them and accessible to make it plain and understandable for them. Our duty is to soak them up in the truth of scripture, to guide them in knowing the word, to tell them the word so that when they grow up, the word will continue to be a garland around their neck that will have it embedded in them. We should talk about the word as we sit with them, as we play with them, as we walk with them. The word of God must be normalized in their lives. So don't shy away from the tough topics of the Bible. Those are the ones that the world uses to confuse and turn our children away from God. I was there. I experienced that. So make sure that you teach them and you demonstrate it. They will understand it. Train up your child to a knowledge of the Bible. They must know the word. Anyway, ladies, that concludes this episode. We've reached the end of the episode. There are 17 practical tips to successful parenting that JC Ryle covers, and we have only covered five today. So tune in weekly for more. Um, I think from now on, I'll be covering four at a time. Again, always take the step to study the word for your own edification and in-depth understanding. I hope this blessed and encouraged you. My prayer is that we will not be passive when it comes to the affairs of our children, especially that of their soul. Don't let the world teach your kids about a God they hate. Please don't forget to leave a rating and review as this helps the visibility of the podcast. If you wanted to talk more on this episode or just wanted me to cover a particular topic, connect with me on Instagram at Everlasting Food Podcast. That's one word. And on my YouTube now. Um, on Everlasting Fruit. You can also shoot me an email at everlasting.fruit8 at gmail.com. That's everlasting.fruit8 at gmail.com. Until the next time, God bless.